Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Hey, is this mic on? Can you hear me now? And I'm Miss. Yes, Daddy, we can hear you. Okay. And today's podcast is about hearing as well. Let's get started. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in California and Namibia. Amen. In case you didn't know, Red Pill Tour can now be heard on Reach Gospel Radio in Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and also on the Reach Gospel Radio app. If you are in any of those areas or have the app, please listen out for us at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday mornings. Let us know that you heard the program, and please keep us in prayer. So today we want to talk about the Shema. It may be the central declaration of faith for the Jewish people. Three of the Gospels record a time when some Pharisees asked Yeshua what was the greatest commandment. In answering them, Yeshua pointed to the Shema. In synagogue services around the world, Jewish people and Messianic worshipers recite or sing the Shema. Many Jewish people also aspire to make these the last words that they say in this life. Mezuzahs, you know, the small rectangular boxes on the threshold of many Jewish homes, well, they contain a small written copy of the Shema. So, what is the Shema? The full text of the Shema is a combination of three scriptures. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, Deuteronomy 11, verses 13 through 21, and Numbers, chapter 15, verses 37 through 41. When we recite or sing it in services we attend, we recite the initial statement, followed by what's called the Viahavta. I'm not sure we could fit a discussion of the full Shema in 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. We will discuss as much as we can, however. The words we recite are Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Baruch Shem Kavod, Mahuto Leolam, Va'ed. In English, it means, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our Elohim, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. The word Shema has special meaning that requires some explanation. It means more than just hear or listen. As we learned Shema, it means to listen intently and to obey what you hear. This lines up with many other scriptures that teach us how to respond to the word of Elohim. Romans chapter 2 verse 13 tells us that it is not merely the hearers of Torah whom God considers righteous. Rather, it is the doers of what Torah says who will be righteous in God's sight. James chapter 1 verses 22 through 25 give a similar message with an example. It says, Don't deceive yourself by only hearing what the word says, but do it. For whoever hears the word, but doesn't do it, or do what it says, is like someone who is looking at himself in a mirror, who looks at himself, 
goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Mm. But if a person looks closely into the perfect Torah, which gives freedom, and continues, becoming not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work it requires, then he will be blessed in what he does. The Shema identifies Israel as the audience. As most of the Shema comes from Devarim, or Deuteronomy, we know the setting in which these words were spoken. Moshe knew that he was going to die soon, and Israel would proceed on to possess the promised land. These were part of Moshe's last words, his passionate instructions for Israel to stay in the blessings of Elohim. Moshe clearly experienced some frustration with Israel's sins along the journey. Earlier in Deuteronomy, he reminded them of why it took 40 years to get to the threshold of the promised land. Now, Moshe was reviewing the Torah, God's instructions, and the history of Israel to be sure everyone was ready to do what was necessary. The title, Adonai, is used by some Jews and Messianic believers to refer to Elohim. They prefer not to use his name, as it is most holy. While we don't argue over the pronunciation of the Father's name, or referring to him as Adonai, we do reverently use his name as we learned it. We feel that Jehovah gave us his name for a reason, and we desperately need the power of his unique name to have victory in this life. We were so excited to realize that he gave us his name and that we could even know his name, that we wanted to proclaim it to the whole world. Mm -hmm. One day, all of creation will know and reverently use his name. For now, we are sure that we are worshiping the Elohim of Israel. We just don't argue about his name. However, we are eager to discuss it. You know, some believers use Elohim's name in the Shema. If you see the uh, Hebrew text, his name is clearly written there, so we can be clear on who Adonai is referring to. Mm -hmm. The next word is Eloheinu, which means our Elohim, or our God. As we are part of Israel, the people of Elohim, we can also refer to him as Eloheinu. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17 tell us that all who are led by Elohim's spirit, are Elohim's children. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to bring you back again to fear. On the contrary, you received the spirit who makes us his children and by whose power we cry out Abba, or that is, dear father. The spirit himself bears witness with our own spirits that we are children of Elohim. And if we are children, then we are also heirs, heirs of Elohim and joint heirs with the Messiah, provided that we are suffering with him in order also to be glorified with him. The first and most famous line from the Shema ends with the Hebrew word echad. It means one. The scripture gives many references and statements that support the fact that the Elohim of Israel is one. He is unique, all-knowing all-powerful and without equal. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4 through 7, we read, So, as for eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that, as you say, an idol has no real existence in the world, and there is only one Elohim. For even if there are so-called gods, either in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are gods and lords galore, yet for us there is one Elohim, the Father, 
from whom all things come and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, through whom were created all things and through whom we have our being. But not everyone has this knowledge. Mark 12 also tells the story of the scribe who asked Yeshua, which is the greatest commandment? After Yeshua answered him, verses 32 and 33 give the scribe's response. He said, Well said, Rabbi, you speak the truth when you say that Elohim is one, and that there is no other besides him, and that loving him with all one's heart, understanding, and strength, and loving one's neighbor as oneself, mean more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. In our podcast episode 22, we talked about what it means to love Elohim. In short, Elohim sees our love for him as we obey him. Earlier in the podcast, Miss mentioned the via hafta. That Hebrew word means, and you will love. It goes on to say that we will love Yehovah, our Elohim, with all of our lev, all of our nefesh, and all of our meod. Lev is the Hebrew word for heart. In a Hebrew context, the heart can be understood as we use the word mind in modern context. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, The word of God is alive. It is at work and is sharper than any double-edged sword. It can cut right through to where the soul meets the spirit and the joints meet the marrow. And it is quick to judge the inner reflections and attitudes of the heart. In a Western context, we don't think of our hearts as having inner reflections or thoughts in the King James Bible, but in a Hebrew context, our thoughts come from our heart. The Hebrew word nefesh is usually translated as soul. Its meaning is somewhat more complicated to describe in English. There actually isn't one English word to convey the meaning of nefesh. Think of it as the complete person, inclusive of the mind, emotions, character, body, and everything else that makes that person that person. The word soul, from a Western culture perspective, doesn't quite communicate the meaning of nefesh because in the Western mind, a person has a soul. In the Hebrew context, a person is a nefesh, not has a nefesh. So, we are to love or obey Yehovah our Elohim with all of our life essence, with everything that we are. Amen. We are to love or obey Yehovah our Elohim with all of our miod. I've seen it translated as strength, might, and substance. Those are really good attempts to capture the meaning in English. Miod can be understood to be describing a tremendous but indefinite number of things. It means much, or in this context, everything you are, everything you have, and anything else that you can or may conceive of adding to the effort. We have to sell out in every way to love or obey Jehovah our Elohim. Mm -hmm. If we can do that, we have clearly made him first in our lives. That is the place he wants to be in, first place in our lives. There's a lot more we could say about the Shema. Maybe Elohim will allow us to do that on a future podcast. For now, consider what you would do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions. Would you take the blue pill and passively listen to the words of the Shema? 
or would you take the red pill and turn to Jehovah Eloheinu with everything you are and everything you have? Only you can answer that question. Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. A man found it, hid it again, then with great joy went and sold everything he owned and bought that field. What is the kingdom of heaven worth to you? Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what was shared and talk about it with your family and friends. Let us know what the Ruach HaKodesh is saying to you. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you you can can handle the truth. truth.